Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Bench. And you are listening live to Season 5, Episode 5. And here we are. One day, we're recording this one night before Halloween. What do they call this? Hallowed Eve or I guess something like that? Uh, yeah, this would be Hallowed Eve, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Our grandkids did something this weekend and we weren't there. And so I'm going to be honest. If you come to the Gordon house tomorrow night, if you're trick-or-treating in Jefferson, Iowa, the light's off. Um, we don't have any candy, so don't knock. Bah, humbug. <laughs> I know, man. I know it's uh, the lights. We're bad. Up. We're bad, bad, bad. So, so back in the day, Todd, were, were you a full candy bar household, or were you a like oh, the, min, the mini fun size, or were you like the were you like the broccoli cauliflower like gift oh, bag guy? Well, you know, let's just do this comparison, okay? And let's remember uh, teaching twenty, thirty years ago, forty years ago, thirty years ago, twenty, thirty years ago when you're teaching three young kids. Um, we can cross off full-size candy bar right now. <laughs> That's probably true. Because okay. yeah. let's, let's talk salaries and what we're making, which is a That's... little bit relative to this day and age too. But, I mean, yeah. still, yeah. Uh, the people that are in that you... 55 to 65-year range and who started teaching when I did know what we got paid. Yeah. You you were on a Masters Plus 45 contract back then. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was on a BA Plus 2. Yeah. <laughs> So, other than me, I was at a BA minus five. So you go figure that out, right? <laughs> so you know the uh, the mini size little candy bars were. I just marveled. You know, let's say those were, you know, five ninety nine. We're in there looking for the bargain two ninety nine bags that probably had, you know, I don't know dots and yeah powdered sugar of some kind. Yeah, I we were the same way. We were the same way. You know, kudos to to the next generation of parents. I wish we'd have figured out the way they have because it's it's become almost as much about the beer crawl from house to house and what you're sharing with the adult trick or treaters along the right. way. And, and so yeah. good good for them for, for figuring out the right way to trick or treat as parents. And, and yeah, I, I guess you know you see those pictures now and people post them and on whatever social media and. They're carrying Yetis full of stuff, you know. <laughs> they are. So, they are. Yeah. And I, I don't – it may be hot chocolate, but I would imagine there's something else mm. in hot chocolate in a lot of them. Yes. We'll call it quote-unquote hot chocolate. But good for them. I wish we would have figured that out sooner, that's for sure. Yep. So. Kudos. All right. Well, hey, ready to jump into this thing today? Well, it's uh, Todd and I. We're sans Mr. Jarvis here tonight. Uh, he's – I'm sure he got something Scott Jarvis-like going on. He's leading somebody, talking to somebody, making somebody better today because yep. that's what he rolls. Doing something um, different but, uh, but for somebody. And that's For good. somebody, yep. Maybe he jumps on with us here in a bit. But, hey, we're, uh, we're going to jump in here, Todd. Last episode, episode four, we jumped into the topic and just had a discussion wrapped around the idea of intentional leadership development uh, from an inward perspective. Uh, how do Are we intentional about our own development as leaders. Um, 
which we talked a lot about how that's important for us to do that. We can't be stagnant uh, as leaders. We've got if we want people to to uh, to be lifelong learners, we've got to model that, do that ourselves. And so some of the things we just real quick review on last session. We talked about that telescope versus microscope, uh, not tele not versus microscope, but telescope and microscope kind of approach to it. That telescopic lens where you take that bigger picture view and just and do some ask yourself some tough questions. Uh, to keep yourself moving forward, what kind of leader do I want to be? Uh, what kind of legacy do I want to leave behind? Uh, who's the, what's the kind of person I want to be five years from now? And you ask yourself those big questions, that big picture view, but then you start zooming in uh, to a tighter and tighter view, that more microscopic view, and get to a point of, well, if, it, if this is who I want to be and what I want to be about, what skill sets does that require? And what steps do we have to start to take on a day-to-day -day level, week-to-week -week level, month-to-month -month level, to move ourselves towards becoming that person of that telescopic view of ourselves down the road? Uh, we spent some time talking about that, and uh, I thought we had a great discussion on that, but we thought this week we'd turn the, turn the lens the other direction. Instead of talking about our own personal development, how do we provide or, or inspire, uh, engage those we lead and those we serve in, in a professional development journey. So Todd, I'm gonna to jump in there today. Um, intentional leadership in terms of facilitating the development of those that we lead. Yeah, and you know, we said it in our last episode too, that the reason obviously we start with inward be, is because, you know, as everyone talks about, you cannot lead others unless you're leading yourself first. So if you still haven't taken that step, if you still haven't, you know, if you haven't listened to that episode of episode four, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that and and start that. Um, you know, I, I ended that episode with the challenge of, you know, the one day at a time, 15 minutes a day uh, to make a change in what you want to become, how you want to lead, the leader you want to be, but commit yourself every day for just 15 minutes a day. You don't have to do a three-hour book study every day, just 15 minutes, and make that part of who you are and what you do. So um, if you haven't done that yet, you know, and we kind of talked about, I think at that point there was, well, there would have been about 78 days left. One day, 78 different times yep. till the start of the year. Don't wait till the start of the year to make yourself better, but start yourself now and see where you want to be on January 1, 2023. So today, on October 30th, 2022, there are 63 days left until January 1st, 2023. So don't beat yourself up if you didn't start 14 days ago. Um, but make today, whenever you're listening to this, or make tomorrow morning, start tomorrow morning, Make that the day that you start. I think it's just important that you start. You don't worry about what you didn't do, but what you can do now. Yeah. And so, you know, that's where we're at with talking about looking at the people that we lead, whether they're coaches, they're athletes, they're student leaders in our school, they're employees where we work. Um, they're our own children that we have the most important responsibility to lead. And then the next step for that for me is my grandchildren, you know. So I mean, there there are so many opportunities to lead 
And so that's what we're going to talk about today just briefly is, you know, what are some things that we can do? Uh, what are some of our thoughts wrapped around this? And then what have we done previously to maybe help that as well? Sure. Absolutely. Um, man, I'm glad you brought that up because I had forgotten about your challenge and I haven't cracked my notebook open. I've been a, so I'm glad you told me not to beat myself up the last 14 days or you were going to be on your own because I was going to feel bad. Um, but thanks for hitting that again because, man, we do, you got to start. Um, so let me start with this question. So like we, we talked last time about that telescope to microscope process. Get a, get a look at that bigger picture, something you want to be better at, something you mm-hmm. want to become better at, a goal you have that you want to accomplish. Is the process different when you're trying to lead others in, in their leadership journey, or, or is it the same process? Boy, to me, I mean, my, my first reaction to that is, you know, it's the same process. You're just leading that process with them. You're teaching them how to do it. And again, that's why it's so important that you have to go through it yourself. You've got to be able to ask yourself those tough questions. If you're asking them to to ask those tough questions. Um, So I think it is. um, I totally agree with you. I think there's gotta be a, it's a, whether you, whether you call it telescope to microscope, whether you're talking about, uh, you know, developing an MVP process where you're kind of look at your core values and your vision and your mission and then, and, and the core values that go along with, with accomplishing that vision and mission. I think the process is the same, but like you said, the difference now is we're leading other people through that process. And I really love what you're getting at. Is it a Rod Olsonism? That is a, you can't, and I'm sure he got it from someplace else. I'll forget that right now, but you can't give away to others what you yourself do not possess. Right. Um, yeah. And so we'll kind of keep coming back to that. And maybe it's a matter of you find some peers that you want to kind of accountability partners you want to go through this process with once so that you get a feel for um, th- this this intentional leader, personal leadership development process. But I think the process is the same. You've got to take a look at the big picture and whittle that back to what can I do today uh, to get better? What can I focus on this? What skill can I work on this week that moves me forward? And so what can we, how can we work with those that we lead, our students, our coaches? What kind of conversations do you start to have with them to set them up for that process? And boy, the first thing I start to think about right now, honestly, is how much time that takes as a leader. How much, how intentional you have to be with your time as a leader to walk others through this process. Well, I, I think along with that, you have to just... It's kind of like we talked about when we go all the way back to the start of this year when we talked about the 10 things we've learned. Um, you, you just got to start. Yeah. And you got to take the step and do it. Um, but you've got to start. You can't be concerned about it being a, you know, if you've got, let's just say head coaches. Let's say in a school you've got head coaches and you've got 24 varsity sports and you know, maybe some activities, maybe you're going to have your choir, you know, offer it to your head directors. Your, let's say you've got 25 people. Are you going to require all of them to be there? No, you can't really do that. Well, what if two of them show up? you got to be happy with two of them showing up. You coach up the two. You coach up the two, and then you just let it grow organically from there, and then maybe you've got some other people. You know, if you got two that are doing it, my guess is it's two of your stronger programs, number one, because those are the kind of people that are going to be there. 
And then they're going to be able to do that with their assistants if it's something they want to do, if they want to bring into the program. And then just think about the impact that has on their kids in their program. You know, they're just going to start to do things that you have modeled for them in their program. And their program is just going to get stronger. But I think the first thing you have to do and the first thing that I had to come to grips with in my own leadership journey was I wanted everything to be perfect. I wanted it to be a wow moment. I wanted to get just a, a big broad brush and man, we're going to have all these, we're going to do great things. And then two people show up. Yeah. Yeah. You do something with kids and you got this opportunity for, you know, 200 kids to be there and there's 15 kids there. Yeah. Well, those are the ones you coach up and you got to be, you got to be ready to handle that and just let it grow if it grows. And if those 15 are the only 15 that go through it with you, then those 15 are better. And you've made an impact in their life. Yep. And how many times we talked about, I know you really hit this, is man, anything you do, um, if it impacts and influences life of one that's worth, then it's time well spent and it's, and it's, and it's, and it's worthwhile. Right. Um, and you've done that. So, and um, I'll add this too, Aaron. You know, let's let's go back to last week, uh, leading yourself. If you take people through that process the first time, well, you're going to grow as well. It's just like any time you teach something, you teach, you know, when when we teach our uh, our mental health class to ADs, <laughs> we learn something every time we do it. Uh, so the teacher learns and benefits and is blessed more than really the students may be. Absolutely. So you're going to grow in your own leadership as you take others through that process. And, you know, so there's a benefit there too, even if you're just doing it for less people than what you thought. you got to be happy with that, man. Absolutely. Because you're going to grow too. Is there a difference in the process uh, or how you approach the process between uh, adults, you talked about your, your coaching staff and, and working with your head coaching staff or working with your, your department uh, for whatever company if you're in a different arena than educational athletics versus students or versus young people. Well, yeah, I think there is, um, especially when you start going between an adult mind and a student mind, you know, just in general, their, their capability. But I think when you do things like this for student leaders, you have to make it relevant to them for one. So you need to have some good examples of people that they would know about. Um, You know, I can't, you can't go in and just start talking about John Maxwell with high school kids. No. (laughs) You know, so you've got to find, but they can identify with an Inky Johnson when they know his story. And they know where he's been because Inky can talk to people like that. But you, there's there's examples out there and there's things for our kids to connect to that it's good for adults to see too, but maybe our kids need to have it brought to them by a little different voice. Yeah. that makes sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, it's going to be our voice, but we're going to bring bringing them examples and bringing them yeah. videos of people they maybe can identify with. Yeah. I think one of the big things I think about too when you, th- when you talk about adult professional development, leadership development versus student athletes is your starting point is different. Uh-huh. Um, whether it's two head coaches that, that come to your, your, your meeting, you know, when you're kicking off your, your, your program with your coaches or whether it's 15, you've got to assume they're, they're walking in the door with experiences and, and, and with a bit of an understanding of why they're there. 
there's a, there's a motivation to why they're walking the door because they don't have to come to that session with you or those sessions with you. Where your your kids or your students, they may know their why. I mean, they may be that far along. I think about a young man. I mentioned in a tweet yesterday that a young man just go up to uh, senior year, finish seventh at state cross country meet, and probably arguably one of the fastest four A fields ever. And I just made the comment of I just remember my first thought of this young man, Miles Wilson was. I mean, he's a first-term freshman walking in my mental performance class and, and wasn't intimidated one bit by being there. If you have some kids walk in who are going to understand their why, he wanted, he had big dreams for himself when he walked in the door and understood why he was coming to this mental performance class. I had all kinds of kids coming in that in that classroom who was a coach or a parent had told them to go. Yeah. And yeah. so you're at a different starting point because now you've got to convince them of why is it beneficial for them to be here for first and develop, help them develop a why they're there, and then you can get in the nuts and bolts of, okay, uh, here's a, here's this leadership development process we're going to try to take you through. But I think there's a different starting point, adults versus young people, uh, if, if you're talking about students and athletes, and that's part of your role. And I think, okay, this is what came to mind, too, and this isn't a well-thought-out thought, but it's something I believe in. I think that's very true. But I also think we teach to the highest level. We teach to the highest level that we can. We teach to that mentality of that young man who was in there for you knew what he wanted to be as a freshman. Mm -hmm. So you have to teach to that level and pull those others up there quickly. Absolutely. I think if you teach to that lower level, that one who's way ahead and may know their why, they're bored and they're going to zone out because that's going to be their choice to zone out. Those others need to figure out you know, real quick, that you're going to pull them along and you're going to challenge them. And then I guess my, when, you know, we're going to talk about what we did, but when I started our, our Ram leadership, our high school leadership deal last year, you know, I just, I pulled hard and some kids that I, I didn't know why they were there to start with. And maybe you did know because a coach told them to be by the end of it, by even halfway through it, they're contributing, they're talking, and they're engaged, and they're all in. Yeah. But if I would have taught to their level, some of the ones who were there right away and were all in, it wouldn't have meant as much to them. So, yeah, yeah there's that. Yeah, you, there's a whole other episode that just evolved out of that because, man, can you – you're talking about that, and if – if I, if I had to pick one thing and I, that if I could change uh, in the way we're teaching and in education right now, it's that we're, we're no longer pulling. We're no longer mm. setting the bar high and pulling people to it. We, uh, we keep, I, 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 as leaders, I think it's too easy. For, we take the easy road too often. And, and I'm, cause I, I won't point figures at other people. I'll point at myself. It's hard work to raise that bar. Like you're talking about and say, here's the bar. Uh-huh. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna bring people to the bar, because the bar matters. The bar is important. That's where that's where if we're gonna be the best we can be, we got to get to the bar and then go over it, rather than oh you don't want to work that hard. Okay, well I'll bring the bar down to you a little farther. I'll bring the bar down a little farther. And man, I think that's where we're missing the boat as leaders. I don't care if we're trying to teach adults or and work with adults to help them get better, or working with kids and student athletes to get them better. Um, we've got to be willing to do the work to keep the bar where it belongs, not bring the bar down to them because they want the easy path. 
Right, and, and it, it comes down to doing that in everything that we do as leaders. You know, if we set our core values, we set our standard as pursuing excellence, uh, you know, winning in the dark, doing the things that other people won't do, um, you know, all those mantras that we throw out there that we use on a competitive field. Well, if we're leading our department, we need to lead it the same way in everything that we do in it, not just on the field, but off the field. And so, yeah, I just, this is the retired guy now who's not really doing it, but I, I think my last few years, that's what I tried to do. And that's that's the only way I could feel good about myself because I'm with you. I mean, I lowered the bar at times, and I uh, it's it just I thought you know this last year in particular, and then when I knew it was my last year, I thought this is what I feel I should do, and you know it's I just wish I would have done it sooner. Yeah, and I th- and I, I agree, and that's I, I hope the younger leaders out there or or well, it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, if you're in a position of leadership, I hope that's something you really put some thought into and, 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 and prepare yourself for the resiliency it's going to take. Um, when you talk about trying to develop leadership and develop other people to become the best version of themselves, which is what this is about. How do you, you know, just a quick conversation about uh, getting that process started. Understand it's, it's, a, it's hard work to... Uh, to coach because a coach's job is to get people where they can't get themselves. Uh-huh. Um, whether you whether you have skill sets you can teach them that they don't know yet, or whether they have the skill sets but they lack the motivation and the why, and so you've got to drive the why home with them or, or help them understand it. It's hard work uh, to to move people there. So the resilience that you want to see in your kids and in your coaches, in your programs, you're going to have to display it first. Amen. Amen. So we've talked about the fact that it's it's not a different process we talked about last time around. It's that bigger picture goal that that it, that you want to help people realize, uh, and then helping them understand the process, how to get there, and how do you get them started in that process. But let's talk, Todd, because I I knew we could talk about this topic tonight without going down this path. That. <laughs> Man, if you're going to jump into this process with people, man, what's the what's the most important thing? What's the key ingredient if it's going to be successful? This isn't a trick question, right? No, no, it's not. I'm, no. I, this, is, this is softball, buddy. This, yeah, I mean, it's a relationship, and that's where it starts. Um, they're just you'll you'll never accomplish your vision for people and with people unless you have a relationship with them. Just never will. Yep. A genuine, authentic honest, truthful relationship. That's not done, you know, that's done over time. And it's done by what you do day in and day out and how you, how you lead yourself, how you handle yourself day in and day out. And I would argue it doesn't, you know, you you may be a new leader into a new situation. It's not like you can wait a year Right. To develop a relationship before you also start to try to lead that person or challenge that person to grow as a leader themselves. Um, but you have to start trying to develop that on day one. I put in the notes here. And this is a question that when you want to sit down with somebody and start having a tough conversation about, hey, 
what are your goals? What What is it you're trying to get out of this? Because I, I see where you're at. I see what you're doing day to day. But, boy, I see so much more. And there's times I can see it in your face. I can see it in your eyes. I can hear it in your voice that you want more. Well, let's talk about that. What is it? What Are you happy where you're at? Are, are, you know, would you give your day-to-day experience here a 10? And if it's not, if it's a 6, or and I, I know you're going to get some of that stuff later on, but, but if you're going to start having that conversation with somebody as a leader, what you're doing is challenging their status quo. Uh-huh. And do you have the trust of that person to kind of dig into their life a little bit and challenge their status quo? You better have that trust and that relationship at least started and moving in the right direction. Well, I think if you're in a new school especially, which, you know, Scott Jarvis and I were in a few. It's been a long time, it's been a long time since I've felt that. <laughs> but I, I think you, you, you can't have that big conversation. Um, I mean, you can, but that starts with just five-minute conversations or three-minute conversations in between you're at their room when the bell rings and you just talk to them for three or four minutes during a passing period, and you just start, you know, how's it going? You start to build that trust in that relationship um, and just say, hey, I want, you know, let's let's come back and visit again. Is there a time? But you just start to do that daily, moment by moment, when you can do that. And then the other way that I think that that's going to, when you're starting to talking about that new relationship and trying to build that new trust, goes back to what we just got done talking about. From the moment you walk in that building or into that, that, that boardroom or into that office space, whatever that might be, and you've got leader on your desk, on your door, um, they're watching your process. And so uh-huh. if, you, if they're seeing you model the process of constantly challenging yourself day by day, week by week, month by month to get better, um, that's going to build that trust also. They're going to see the way you handle yourself, the way you model yourself uh, for them. And I say, man, that guy's got something. That gal's got something that I don't have, and I, I want I want to feel like that. I want to approach things like that. And they're going to come to you seeking that guidance because they'll see the way you're living out your life, your purpose, your why. Yeah, right on. So, yep. All right. So we want to wrap this up a little bit by maybe just talking about one of our leadership development processes that we've we've been involved with or a couple of them and just kind of just talk you through that process. Not real big. Um uh, we've talked about them before here, and, and for those of you who might just be joining us, certainly if this what we talk about interests you and you've got some more specific questions, we can talk to you about those later on. But we thought we'd just go through maybe some strategies. Um, I'll start, Todd, if that's all right with you. Um, I'll maybe take it more from the, a student perspective specifically, and this is going back a few years um, to when I started up our, our, our mental performance class uh, here at Kenny, which was designed for our student-athletes, and it was the, the students were invited to join us if they were interested in um, finding a way or, or, or learning strategies to help them perform better in moments, especially those tough moments when it mattered most, was kind of the way we advertised it. Uh-huh. And and it followed the same the same idea. We we the whole goal of this mental toughness series we had was to help our athletes perform better when it mattered most. Well, how do we how do you get them to perform that better? And so with our students, we just broke it back. If if our overall goal, our telescopic goal, was better performance. When you walk in to take a test, better performance when you walk on the stage for the play, uh, for you know for opening night. Better performance when you walk in the basketball court for a sub-state final basketball game. Pick your moment. Well, we had to work our way backwards from that. What are the if that's what we want out of our student athletes? What are the skill sets that are required for them to perform 
in those tough moments. And so we worked our way back and had discussions and conversations and, and got resources out there from people like Amber Selking, uh, Brian Kane, and those folks, and, and pulled it in and said, what are the skill sets? And we talked about things like their motivation and their focus and their preparation and their emotional stability. What, can, what skill sets do we have to teach in those areas? And, and that was the way we built it. So we built our program wrapped around, here are some core skill sets we think that if we can get our kids to think about these, develop in these, be better in these areas, they'll perform better when it matters most. So okay. same process. What's our big goal? What are the skill sets required? What do they look like in our programs and how do we teach them uh, on a day-to-day level? So. Yeah, that was a fantastic study. And um, I borrowed that my first year here at Greene County, which would be four years ago now, and did, did that for about a trimester, I think. We did a trimester about uh, – around that 10 11 weeks and once or twice a week and it, you really put that together well and it was great material um i'll touch on my ram leadership that i did last year and again this was i've talked about how you just got to start it and you just can't it doesn't have to be perfect and all that stuff i talked about even tonight about not worrying about how many are there and then, I, but the most important thing I did, I think, was I found the time that would work, and would work for our kids the best. Um, not having a time built into the school day that was real handy. Um, I just did it once a week in the morning, Tuesday mornings, 7:43 a.m. to 7:58 a.m. and just honestly, I, I just kind of sold it with the pitch of why 743? Because leadership is weird. And it doesn't always happen on time. It doesn't happen when we want it to happen. So I kind of built it around that. And then we started at 743 on the dot, and I let them out at 758 on the dot. And I don't think I ever went over. But I always started at 743 because that was one of the things I was trying to teach them also was that time matters. And I respect your time. And, uh, you know, they were really there pretty much all the time at 743 we rarely had stragglers and that's that it kind of impressed me uh we might have had a couple early but they'd walk in and knew i was um going with it and uh, they still came in which i think is good and yep. i told them i said if you're late you're late you know you get behind a train on highway 30 and you can't get across still come in don't say well i didn't make it yeah just come on in and get what you can out of it so anyway that was uh, I think it was about 32 sessions that we did. And, uh, again, if that's something you're interested in learning more about, I just wrote the curriculum. I use different things. I use different videos. We just show a quick video maybe and talk about it. Or I had uh, a book resource that I used as well. Tried to stay current, tried to stay relevant to things that maybe happened uh, during the year. And uh had a lot of fun with it so if it's something you're interested in i'd be happy to share it talk with you about it just reach out to me after the show or after you if you get interested in it let me know happy to help um the other thing that i did let's talk about coaches for a moment um i did one-on-one coaching sessions for a couple years and i based it on uh, rod olson's book the greatest motivational tool and uh, just some of the concepts there um, that he used and that would be something again that if you're interested in in uh, learning about how I set that up I I met with all of our head coaches and directors so I had about 92 96 40-minute uh, sessions scheduled uh, met with four of them we did 
did the same thing on each of them. And then we had some different things that we, we dove into. But I always asked them how to rate their professional life, 1 through 10. And that led to a good discussion. That led to some tears uh, with a few people that were really struggling. But it opened up the door for a little bit deeper conversation um, as well. So, and I always, always had them do their one big thing, OBT. That's part of the book. Rod Olson's book was one big thing. And so we talked about that every time. One big thing they were going to accomplish between then and the next time we met, which was usually about five or six weeks. Now, if they were in season, it might be a couple times in season. But um, I'd be happy to share with you how I set that up and how that worked. Um, but that was really a, a, a really fun for me to do and, and I think helped me form some good relationships with our coaches. I, uh, folks, if you have to listen, if you that, that would be something that's worth worth your time to talk to Todd about and, and spend some time with him and get that resource, that Rod Olson book on the greatest motivational tool. I, that's some of the best stuff we've talked about on here in the past, in ter- and, and the results I feel you got out of that in terms of not just your growth in the relationship with those coaches, but man, you can get into those. We go back to what we talked about last week and this week. What kind of leader do you want to become? Uh-huh. What kind of person do you want to be? What kind of legacy do you want to leave? And, and are you getting that done yet? If not, how do I help you get there? Right. Uh, yeah. Great conversations. Yeah. Great thing to do. I will post. Um, cause we did a whole show on that. We did. Yep. A yep. couple of seasons ago. I'll post yep. what show that is. And, and so people can go back and listen to that if they're interested too. Yep. Absolutely. Um. And so we'll have to get Scott. Cause I know Scott's done some good stuff. So maybe we can get some, some, post-show ideas from Scott as well. But, uh, you know, we talked about it. We mentioned this before. You can reach out to any one of us, Scott, Todd, or, or myself. Uh, we've shared our information in the past. I, I think it's on our episode notes all the time. Our contact information is in the episode notes. If you want, if you've got questions on things we've done, uh, please reach out. Uh, yeah, we've got definitely. a couple emails here lately. It's been fun to reach out and interact with folks. So, uh-huh. um, well, Todd, that'll do it on this discussion. I, I don't know how far we got. I think we've I, we opened the door to. Uh, some I think we just get people thinking about it. Yes, yes. That's that's our goal. That's why we're yeah. trying to go a little bit shorter. We're not going yeah. too in depth. Yeah. We'll go in depth with you one on one. Yeah. I think that's the thing. We just want to start touching on these leadership topics, and then if we can dive in deeper with you or your staff or anybody around, we'll do that. Um, we just want to get you thinking and. and thinking about growth yourself. Yeah. Yeah. With that closing thought, uh, for this episode, Todd, uh, um, I'm going to jump in on this one. So I came across, and I retweeted this this morning. I did it on my school account. Cause I thought this was something it's designed, I think more towards, well, initially towards parents. Um, but I think this applies to anybody in leadership, um, with, I would say with young people or with young leaders, adults who are young leaders. Um, it was a newsletter from TravisDoherty.com. He's got his Champions 101 newsletter. Um, and I came across this this morning on Twitter and pushed this back out. The title of this is called Our Kids Need Courage. Um, on this, and I'm going to read a couple things here from this just to share. I think they tie into kind of our topic we were talking about tonight when it comes to, to leading others to pursue the best themselves. Um, and we talked the idea about courage and about how we used to learn uh, courage. He says, as the famous saying goes, You've got to go out on a limb sometimes. That's where the fruit is. The the problem is that while counterfeit courage seems to be at an all-time high, the real thing is getting harder and harder to find, being courage. Real courage is harder and harder to find. We're raising a generation of young people who are increasingly deficient 
in this important area, mainly because we provided them with so little opportunity to earn it. Uh. And he goes on to talk about, you know, the, the quote unquote helicopter parents, but I would even throw in their helicopter leaders um, yeah. uh, on that, where we rescue. Uh-huh. Uh, our, 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 we see people struggling and, uh, and, and we either have this innate sense if it's their own kids, we're going to rescue our kids because we don't want to see our kids fail. Maybe we don't want to see somebody underneath us, a coach, uh, an employee that we lead fail because if they fail, that looks bad on our part because we had the department up. And so we maybe jump in and rescue rather than letting them fail and learn from what that failure is supposed to teach them. Um, he says in here, he says, when our kids find themselves out on a limb, what they need us to do as a leader is to muster up enough of our own courage to leave them there. Uh, in fact, sometimes it's our job to nudge them out even further, Yeah. even if it's a little scary. He talks about things like this. We need to leave them out there on the limb so they have an opportunity to build their courage, to learn things like a champion doesn't mean you're not afraid. Being a champion means you've clarified for yourself the truth about the fear and that that's your that what you want to accomplish is greater than the fear that going for it and failing is more fun oftentimes more rewarding and more respectable than living with the, the regret you didn't have the heart to try how to discern good risk from bad risk how it feels to have a backbone and stand up for your convictions how to care more about doing the right thing than the popular thing that doing something awesome usually requires overcoming some fear and taking risks to focus more on their character who they really are than the reputation, what other people think they are. And he has this long list of things that, that teaching our, the people we lead to take risk and then learn from the, to get on that limb and pursue that, that fruit uh, that's out there, the things they'll learn and why we as leaders have to be willing to set them up for it, but then let them go. And, and, and then don't, don't rescue when this, when that brain starts to break and crack and, and wiggle and, and, and wave in the wind and don't jump in and rescue them, support them, encourage them, but push them out a little farther. Um, and I thought that it was going to apply a lot to our conversation here tonight about um, leading others in their leadership journey. Right. And um, you only fail if you don't try. There's no yep. failure in trying. Um and we become a society that kind of thinks if you don't get what you want, then you failed. But the failure is if you don't go after it a little bit, too. Yeah. He ends up by saying this. They need us to spend less time focused on protecting them and more time focused on preparing them to live, the, to live with courage. I'm sorry, live with the courage that being their best requires on the playing field and beyond. And that's our job as leaders. It's help people get someplace they can't get on their own but we've got to be willing to push them out there and let them figure yeah. it out too so right. yep good thought great thought you become a supporter right there not a yeah not a rescuer but you yep. become a supporter and a cheerleader and helping them get there. that's great thought great thought well thanks aaron uh thanks for your work on preparing these last couple episodes too and there was really good thought and Again, um, 63 days now, Sunday. If you're listening to this on Tuesday when we release it, 61. That's two more days. Um, Give yourself 15 minutes a day. See if you can make yourself better. And then go try to help make others better, too. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate it. 
We are uh, excited. Uh, this next weekend, Aaron, Scott, you and I are going to be in Nebraska, in Kearney, Nebraska, at the Nebraska AD Convention. Uh, Scott's going to help be helping Nate Larson teach a class out there. You and I are going to teach the uh, mental health class, 628. Yep. Uh, so look forward to that. And then the three of us are going to do a session and talk about the 10 things we've learned in our years as athletic administrators. And we're excited to come out to Nebraska and share that with uh, the good people out there and our, our fellow colleagues and friends out in Nebraska. Looking forward to it. That'll be a lot of fun. I've been looking forward to this weekend for some time now. Yep, yep. So we'll see you people in Nebraska very soon. And uh, we do want to record an episode out there so we can find a time uh, Saturday night sometime or Sunday after our session real quick. We'll see if we can find a time set up somewhere and maybe talk to – we can get three ADs yep. and talk to them and go through our questions with them. We'll have an episode. So we'll try and do that as well. But uh, we'll see you out there in Kearney very soon. See you this weekend, Aaron. See you, Todd. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate your support of Beyond the Bench. And if there's you have any questions for Aaron, Scott, or myself, reach out to us by email. Those that, Our email is in the, the notes, or a lot of you have our phone numbers, uh, and you have personal contact with us. So we are here to help you and here to lift you up as well. So thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again very, very soon. Be blessed, everyone.